You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found at podcast underscore from... Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar of YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said... Let's get this episode started. So, how our last last week you promised, yeah, that you, that you had a a horse eating it, and and look, I don't know that we should be talking about eating horse because, you know, like we mentioned before, my stepdaughter shows horses. I'm part owner in a harness racing horse. I mean. I, I I really like horses. I don't know that I'd ever eat a horse though. I just can't I can't fathom it. So I'm interested in you know plus plus how did they ever come up with I'm hungry enough to eat a horse? Is that because it's so offensive to eat a horse or well or I don't think it is. I mean I think the modern man post World War II made it you know, what do they call it? They have a name for it. What's it called in France? You know, like it's not beef, it's something else. 
Well, what? It's 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 you're it's, the you're the you're the you're the world traveler. You're the the food connoisseur. There. Yes. Well, I don't. Um, uh, you know what I'm doing? I'm 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 multitasking. Horse meat or Cheveline, C H E V A L I N E, as its supporters have rebranded it. But it's darker and coarser than beef, grain, yellow fat, trouble history of horse meat in America. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It says right here, U.S. horse meat is unfit for human consumption because of the uncontrolled administration of hundreds of dangerous drugs and other substances to horses before slaughter. These drugs are labeled not for use in animals, used for food. Anyway, not to get too tangent on, on, on too down here, but I've been around killer horses the biggest part of my life back when it was legal. Okay. You know what I'm talking about when I say killer horses? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've talked about that before. We've off the air. That. Yes. Yeah, killer off the air. So I know right now you can go to Mandan, North Dakota. They have a big horse sale a couple times, and it's on the menu. Because you get up north, um, Canada, um, uh, not to get too, too, as I understand it, slaughtering horses, when, when Speaker Pelosi first came to power under President Obama, that's when they made... Uh, you know, when they controlled both the House, the Senate, and the and the presidency, they made killing horses illegally, you know, for, for consumption. So, so, but now they bring them by the train load up to Canada. The Canadian horses get, either get an eight in Canada or they get eight in Europe. And the horses that go to Mexico, they bring them by the, by the huge trains every day, and they slaughter. They're going to the Chinese. Okay. And I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but when I was going to retire, I looked at being an insurance adjuster. And I went to on a training claim out to a, uh, it was, that's what it's called, a training claim. And this guy had a commercial farm and ranch policy, and he had a fire in his house. Older gentleman, he's 80-some years old. And just prince of a guy. But now you've been around dudes that are in great shape, right? You can tell a guy that's been in great shape. If you've been around, absolutely. And if you've been around an eighty-year-old guy that you look at and go, "This guy's tough." I mean, this guy's. I mean, he's still jacked at eighty years old, or as close to jacked as you could get. Let me tell you how jacked he is. His house caught on fire, and he's in Wisconsin, sub-zero weather in February. Okay. And he's 82, I think, 81 or 82 when this happened. You know, he left me a voicemail not too long ago. I might call him this week just to check on him. But he jumped out of the second story window into about 28 inches of snow. Okay. Because when he walked out of his bedroom door, the be- the fire started at a wood stove in the basement and had burnt the, the it had gotten through the wall kind of it was like a flu fire that caught the wall on fire so there was a and when fires get oxygen to the outside if the fire's in the house especially up north there it burns the oxygen out of the house and it really kind of smothers you know it's like having a lid on a pot or something but if they get an outside oxygen source like this burn a hole in the wall so it's sucking that air in it so it's really it really gets to burn so when he walked out of his bedroom door 
it was burning in the floor. You know what I mean? So, in the house was full of smoke. He opened his bedroom door, and he didn't. He was afraid to floor. He didn't know where to walk. So he chose to jump out the second story window into, you know, twenty eight, thirty inches of snow. Walk around the house. Now he's barefoot. He's got nothing but a little pair of boxers on. Oh, man. Okay. Hey, he walks all the way around the house, right? But his truck, he's got a new Silverado. I mean, I, I don't know when, what year this was, 17, 18, 19. So, I mean, he's got a new, new Silverado. But the keys are on the bar in the house that's on fire, right? <laughs> now, he's got nothing but boxers. He was barefoot in the snow and ice. He was able to reach in the back door of the house, you know, on the, you know, had you have a back door with full of wood or whatever, and he had a pair of coveralls, so he's able to get some coveralls and some rubber boots on, and he got in his old, he had an, he's got a, had an old Ford there with a bail spike on it that they leave the keys that he left the keys in, so he fires his truck up, drives down to the first neighbor who doesn't answer his call for help, so then he has got to a second neighbor, and then he finally called nine one one, and the fire department showed up and put the fire out. But when I'm meeting him, you know, I got this this training adjuster, and and he this old man says to me, I remember walking through this this barn with him. The first the adjuster's walking in front. I'm in behind, and this old man's behind. Him. We walk outside. He goes, "What are you about two sixty five or so?" And I said, "Huh?" And he goes, "What are you two sixty two sixty five?" And I said, no, nah, probably 280, why? And he said, well, it's hard to tell with your coat on or something. He said, but I'm a good judge of size. And I said, yeah, you're pretty close. I said, you do that often or something? He goes, oh, yeah, I've wrestled. I did this. So he starts telling me about this. It's really a segue into when America was full of tough men, right? He grew up on the Iron Range, northern Minnesota. Grew up on the Iron Range, northern Minnesota. And he, they moved with no running water and an outhouse. And his dad got a factory job in town. And, and I don't remember if it was Bermidji or Brainerd, one of the towns in northern Minnesota. <clears throat> they had a brand new high school, and I think it was 1955 or 58, in the 50s. And he said his... Um, him and his brother played every sport you could so they could take a shower and stuff at school because they didn't have a shower. So listen to this, and, and, and I'm going to tell you the guy's name off offline one day. So I get to talking to him, and he tell, it, it one thing led to another, and he's a Ph.D. doctor. This 80-year-old horseman, is a, he was a Ph.D. doctor. And he told me how he got to go to full-ride scholarship played football and wrestled for the University of Minnesota. And his brother did too, his big brother. And his big brother was drafted by the, in like the 62 or 64 draft, his brother was drafted by, I think, Chicago. Oh, and he said, folks. yeah, because they, because they played division one ball in the, in the early sixties, you know, early to mid sixties. And he said he didn't quite make it because he just wasn't quite big enough, wasn't quite fast enough. But he was able to go to college for free, 
and then he went ahead and started teaching undergrad and you know how that works. Then you go teach grad school and go to grad school for free and then, you know, blah, 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 blah. But he had horses. He had these, he had, he had these curly haired horses. You ever seen curly haired horses? Anyway, they're horses, but they got these curly hair. They look kind of like paint horses from the road. But imagine how a horse would look with his winter coat on. It looks like that year round. And he had them trained. I mean, he had horses that like, like sit and come and stay just like a dog would, right? And and as I'm talking to him, I, I kind of foster this relationship with him. And then one day he said something about butchering a horse. And I said, huh? And he said, yeah, we're going to, I got that one over there on death row, basically. She's dumb as a post. She ain't going to work out. So we're just going to eat her. Okay. And I said, serious. And he goes, yeah, you need some horse meat? And I said, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I've heard about it my whole life, but I didn't know anybody that ate it. And he said, I'll tell you what, I got a waiting list for it. What? That's what he says. He says, I got a waiting list for it. And I said, because he said he grew up eating it. And, and, you know, his kids eat it. And then he, you know, there's a native, a lot of Native American population there in Minnesota, Wisconsin. And he tells me this, this, he said, I got a guy and he tells me, and I, and I, I, and I, I so wish I could tell you this dude's name, this, this, this Indian story. But I don't know how I'm going to do it without saying his name, because I know his Indian name, but I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna supplant his real name with Big Buffalo. So this old man says Big Buffalo helps me, and I said what? And he goes Big Buffalo, Big Buffalo helps me, and I said kind of name is that and he goes well this guy's was born his name was like sam williams okay and and what happened is he grew up he 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 grew up looking like a native and acting like a native and being raised as a native and when he got divorced the judge said to the ex-wife, do you want to change your name? And she said, yeah, back to her maiden name. And he interjected in the divorce hearing and says, well, if she can change her name, can I change my name? And the judge goes, "I, yeah, I guess. What name do you want? And he said, I want my Native American name, Big Buffalo, Big Buffalo. I think he said Big Buffalo first, and the judge said, "Well, that's your first name or your last name." He said, "Let's do both," and then they court recorded it: Big Buffalo, Big Buffalo. Okay. okay. So he said he came over here. He knew him, and he wanted to, you know he was learning how to ride, or he was getting back to his native roots, right? Okay. And he was he was learning how to ride horses, and then he started eating horses, and he just loved it. And, and every time they butcher a horse, he butchers a couple of them a year, you know, Big Buffalo and all his compadres come and take as much meat as they can get, much horse meat as they can get. So as he's telling me this story, I, you know, I, I 
I'm like you, I start laughing about changing your name in court, right? In divorce court, big Buffalo. And he said, well, he kind of fell on hard times with a little bit, but he's such a good hearted guy. He's, he's learned to roll with the punches. And I said, what? And he goes, well, he did that DNA stuff and he ain't Indian at all. He's half Mexican and half Italian. They lied. His parents lied. He ain't got no Indian in him at all. Like big, big meatball. I don't know. <laughs> and I said, "Well, look at the bright side. He can always do don't litter commercials." Oh God! Right? You know who? You know who I'm talking about? Oh, keep America yeah. beautiful. He he wasn't. Indian, he was Italian, you know? right? He was, he was Italian. Italian, right? He was Italian. So all that segues back to the to the. So apparently, the Plains Indians still eat a lot. The farmers and ranchers eat a lot. I've been to France 300 times. I, I don't know if I've ever ate it or not. You know, I used to say, it, especially when it comes to Asian food, if they can make that cat taste like this, I'll eat it. So if they can make that horse taste like that, I'd eat it. Right? Maybe. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I used to work. I used to work with a guy at the first post office I worked with, and there used to be, um, there was this Chinese, Chinese restaurant in this little strip mall. And he, he'd say, hey, you know that uh, there used to be a pet store? Uh, what do you mean? He goes, yeah. He goes, Chinese restaurant came in and bought, bought that, uh, bought out the pet, bought the pet store to put them in inventory and all. He goes, they just put it on the menu. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. I, you know, like I said, I, you know, we used to eat a lot of coon. Do you ever eat raccoons? Oh, oh wow. I, the, I, the had crate, I had squirrel. A I guy on my route gave me hey, some squirrel. I had a buddy of mine's dad used to barbecue coon. They'd barbecue it and put in these big roasters and it'd just sit in there until it was just, it'd just pull off the bone, right? And it was, it was, you know, coon tastes a lot like bear. It's kind of greasy, but boy, it just, or almost like a pork, right? Almost like a pork. But, you know, you cook it long enough and put enough barbecue sauce in there and it tastes like it. And there was a whole bunch of, you know, back in the old coon hunting days in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, my buddy's big brothers were coon hunters. And, um. I know I've probably told some coon hunting stories on this podcast, but what I know I haven't talked is, is on the east side of town where I grew up, there's a, a, a strong population of, I'm going to just call them blacks, African-Americans, blacks, whatever you want to say. <clears throat> and these guys would skin those coons. And back in the old days, the hide was worth $40. But they would, they would, they would, they had places that would, people in places that would buy every skinned coon that they brought to them for $5 a piece. But they just had to keep a foot on it so the brothers knew that you weren't selling them a cat. That's terrible. It is terrible. So terrible you started getting scratchy on me. Uh huh. So, uh huh. But it was uh, good, you know. It's like I said, it, it, they make that coon taste like that. I'll eat it. 
Well, they call them panda uh, dumpster pandas. Oh my god! Or trash, you know, trash pandas. God. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh man, I think we've just totally chased off every single one of our listeners. With <laughs> what? The coons are they eating horse? Eating it all. That's all I can say. Nobody's gonna want to eat. Uh, eat again today. Well, I started a. What I started out is to show you my third place ribbon for my country ham. Did you see that? Did I show it to you? No, you won third place. That's that's what I was started to tell you. I started. I was going to talk about the curing hams and 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 in the county fair, and I ended up going off off course. You know. So yeah, I mean, I, I I did six or seven hams this year, two of which got ribbons at the fair. Well, congratulations, man! Congratulations. Well, hey, you know, and you know, if you, can, I don't know how they're going to taste, but boy, they they turned out good. Mhm. Well, as long as that's what it really is. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's really what it is. Uh-huh. 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 Anyway, well, I think we ought to just stop it there, shouldn't we? And we'll talk next week. And 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 I can only imagine. I can only imagine where we're going, right? I mean, if we didn't, <laughs> if we didn't kill them after last week's conversation, we did this week, I guess, huh? Well, let's hope they come back next week. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.